Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we covered the topic of pityriasis rosea found under the dermatology section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 20-year-old student presents to the school's health clinic complaining of a scaly rash on his trunk. He recalls having a mild fever and headaches a few weeks prior, but did not think much of it. The lesions do not itch. He loves to play tennis and spends a lot of time outdoors, and he wears proper attire during activities. On exam, the lesions are primarily on his central trunk. His sun-exposed arms have no lesions on them. Let's continue with an introduction to pityriasis rosea. It is a common, self-limited papulosquamous eruption, and it demonstrates three stages of disease. The herald patch, a secondary eruption, and spontaneous resolution. In terms of the epidemiology, this tends to affect children, young adults, and it is very rare above the age of 35 years. In terms of the pathogenesis, it is thought to be idiopathic, although it is often associated with an upper respiratory infection. The seasonal pattern suggests that there may be a viral etiology, though this is not confirmed, and there is a potential link to herpes virus type 6 and 7. Moving on to the presentation. Symptoms will include a prodrome or upper respiratory infection within a month of onset. There may be little or no pruritus. On exam, one may note a herald patch, which is a single lesion. It is usually on the trunk, and it presents as a plaque with a thin colorate of scale inside of the border. During the eruption stage, this will happen in one to two weeks. It will typically present with multiple smaller papules appearing in a quote-unquote Christmas tree distribution. They are oriented along the Langer skin cleavage lines. It is typically rose-colored or violet, and it is common for it to present with clustering in the lower abdominal and pubic area. Resolution occurs in 4-12 to weeks. It resolves spontaneously without scarring, and there may be post-inflammatory hypo or hyperpigmentation. In terms of the evaluation, Remember that diagnosis is from clinical exam and history, although diagnosis can be confirmed with a skin biopsy. A potassium hydroxide preparation should be performed to exclude tinea species infections, such as tinea versicolor or tinea corporis. If the patient is sexually active and the palms and soles are involved, then serologic testing for secondary syphilis should be performed. In terms of the differential, make sure to think about tinea corporis secondary syphilis, especially if the palms and soles are involved, tinea versicolor, a drug eruption, and guttate psoriasis. In terms of treatment, one option is observation, as the lesions will typically heal within 4 to 12 weeks on their own. In order to hasten the recovery, one may use ultraviolet B light from natural sunlight or in the dermatology office, or one may prescribe oral erythromycin. If the patient is itchy, then one can use antihistamines or topical steroids. Complications related to pityriasis rosea include post-inflammatory pigmentary changes, as well as relapse. And lastly, with regards to prognosis, remember that this disease has a very good prognosis, and it is typically self-limited and self-resolving within 4 to 12 weeks. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to pityriasis rosea, Let's walk through some questions to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For the first question, 
consider the following clinical scenario. A seven-year-old boy is brought to the pediatrician by his mother for complaints of a diffuse, itchy rash over his abdomen, back, and upper legs. The rash first appeared about one week ago. He has otherwise been well, and he has no known sick contacts. On exam, he is afebrile and cooperative. His skin exam is notable for a single large, well-circumscribed pink plaque over his mid-abdomen, and there are also many pink papules of varying sizes over his abdomen, back, and thighs. On follow-up a month later, the rash has largely resolved without intervention. What is the most likely diagnosis? And the answer choices are, choice one, gutate psoriasis. Choice two, pityriasis rosea. Choice three, tinea versicolor. Choice four, tinea corporis. Or choice five, urticaria. The best answer to this question is, choice two, pityriasis rosea. An otherwise healthy child presenting with a large, pink, scaly, quote-unquote, herald patch, and many surrounding pink papules over the abdomen and back likely has pityriasis rosea. The exanthem is self-limited and will typically resolve without intervention within three to four weeks. Pityriasis rosea is a common acute exanthem commonly affecting children and young adults. While the exact etiology of the exanthem is unknown, human herpes virus 6 and human herpes virus 7 are considered possible viral candidates. It is characterized by an initial herald patch, followed by the development of a diffuse papulosquamous rash. The secondary exanthem is often described as appearing in a quote-unquote Christmas tree pattern over the back. There is no confirmatory diagnostic test. While self-resolving, topical or systemic steroids and antihistamines often are used to relieve pruritus. The publication by Stolberg et al. provides a general overview of pityriasis rosea. The differential for patients who present with a large annular lesion and surrounding papulosquamous exanthem includes numular eczema, secondary syphilis, tinea corporis, pityriasis lichenoides, gutate psoriasis, viral exanthems, lichen planus, and a medication reaction. The rash of pityriasis rosea typically lasts about five weeks, and itself resolves by eight weeks in more than 80% of patients. The publication by Drago et al. conducted a placebo-controlled trial that suggests that a cyclovir may be effective in the treatment of pityriasis rosea especially in patients treated in the first week from onset, when replicative viral activity of human herpes virus is probably very high. 87 consecutive patients were treated for one week with either oral acyclovir, 800 mg five times per day, or a placebo. On the 14th day of treatment, 79% of treated patients fully regressed compared with 4% of the placebo group. The lesions cleared in 18.5 days in the treated patients and in 37.9 days in the placebo group. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Gutate psoriasis is characterized by the acute onset of small, drop-like, 
salmon pink papules with a fine scale. While in the differential, guttate psoriasis would not resolve without intervention. Choice 3. Tinea versicolor is a yeast infection that presents as hypopigmented macules as well as patches over the abdomen and back. Choice 4. Tinea corporis, also known as ringworm, is a fungal infection that presents with large, annular lesions and does not resolve without intervention. Choice 5. Urticaria presents acutely with pruritic, pink, annular plaques and papules, also referred to as wheels, but it would not typically persist beyond seven days. For the second question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 17-year-old male presents to the clinic with complaints of a new onset rash. He describes initially seeing a circular lesion on his abdomen about three days prior, and then many smaller new lesions occurring in the following days. The skin lesions are generally asymptomatic. However, some are intermittently itchy. His past medical history is significant for sickle cell trait as well as seasonal allergies. His medications include folic acid and fexofenadine as needed. In addition, he had a recent episode of sore throat associated with congestion and rhinorrhea for which he took azithromycin. He does well in school and is on the school wrestling team. His temperature is 99.1 degrees Fahrenheit or 37.3 degrees Celsius. His pulse is 60 beats per minute. Blood pressure is 110 over 64 millimeters of mercury. Respirations are 13 breaths per minute. Oxygen saturation is 99% on room air. Physical exam is notable for a diffuse rash on the trunk. It demonstrates multiple ovoid lesions with a fine surface scale distributed in a classic quote-unquote Christmas tree pattern. Which of the following is the most likely trigger of this patient's skin condition? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Bacterial infection Choice 2. Fungal infection Choice 3. Viral infection Choice 4. Drug eruption or choice 5, idiopathic. The best answer to this question is choice 3, viral infection. The patient's history of a circular skin lesion presenting a few days prior to acute onset of multiple smaller skin lesions arranged in a Christmas tree pattern on the trunk is highly suggestive of pitoriasis rosea a reactive skin eruption that often occurs after recent viral infection. Pityriasis rosea is an acute, self-limited eruption that most commonly affects healthy adolescents as well as young adults. The classic clinical course begins with a larger circular or ovoid plaque, sometimes referred to as a herald patch, that is most commonly found on the trunk, followed by multiple smaller ovoid lesions which classically arrange themselves in a Christmas tree pattern along the back. The face, palms, and soles are almost always spared. Most patients are otherwise asymptomatic. However, some may have pruritus associated with the lesions. While the exact etiology of pityriasis rosea is unknown, the most frequently cited cause is viral infection with human herpes virus 6 or 7, also referred to as HHV6 or HHV7. 
the disease is self-limited and treatment is supportive with topical corticosteroids available for symptomatic patients. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Bacterial infections of the skin typically would present with redness, warmth, and pain. Examples of general categories of bacterial skin infections include cellulitis, erysipelas, ecthyma, folliculitis, and an abscess formation. Streptococcal pharyngitis can cause an eruption similar to pityriasis rosea, known as guttate psoriasis, but this tends to occur in younger children and would not have the classic herald patch or the quote-unquote Christmas tree distribution, which is seen in pityriasis rosea. Choice 2. Fungal infections such as tinea corporis, which is also referred to as ringworm, can result in circular, scaly lesions, which can mimic those seen in pityriasis rosea. In addition, exposure such as wrestling, which exposes the patient to warm and moist conditions, puts certain individuals at higher risk of acquiring the fungal infection. However, the lesions shown in the patient are much more diffuse and lack the central clearing that is characteristic of typical tinea corporis. Choice 4. Drug reactions are a common cause of skin rashes. However, they do not typically present with the fine scaling and distribution characteristics of pityriasis rosea. Drug reactions may range from fixed areas of erythema, as well as discoloration, to an exanthematous type reaction, such as what is seen when a patient infected with infectious mononucleosis is given amoxicillin, to annular lesions seen in erythema multiforme, as well as to Steven Johnson syndrome and toxic epidermal necrolysis. Choice 5. Idiopathic causes of any illness should be considered a diagnosis of exclusion. In this patient, his prior history of sore throat with rhinorrhea and congestion are suspicious for a prior viral infection, even though he was prescribed antibiotics. In light of this, viral infection would be a more likely cause of pityriasis rosea in this patient. Finally, a bullet summary. Pityriasis rosea is a reactive skin eruption that classically presents with a herald patch followed by multiple, small, and ovoid lesions that are distributed in a classic quote-unquote Christmas tree pattern on the trunk with sparing of the face, palms, and soles. It is a self-limited condition that most frequently is associated with a viral infection such as human herpes virus 6 and human herpes virus 7, also referred to as HHV6 and HHV7. That's all for this review about pityriasis rosea. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on medbullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow 
right here on the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast.